Amen. Amen. Well, it is really good to be back. So good. Man, that worship was awesome. Just, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Isn't that a funny song? I love songs like that. That reminds me of I Surrender All. There's such a beautiful melody, but, and easy to sing, but much harder to live. Have you tried to trust Jesus before? Anyone in this room ever tried to trust Jesus before? Talk about a scary way to live. Putting your life in another person's hands? Whew, he better be real. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? You better be real. Come on. Amen. We're not playing church here, church. This is the big, the big leagues. You better be real, Lord, because we're putting all our eggs in one basket and His name is Jesus. You better be real. You gotta come through. You gotta be alive. You gotta be my rescue. You gotta be my deliverer. You better be a savior. Because I need saving. Anyone else? Yesterday I was crying out to the Lord. I go, I really need you to save me today. Amen. Well, we had a blast going to Israel. I I wanted, before I get into my message, and I'm excited about the next two weeks, talking about uh, thanking the Lord, thanking God. But before I I went into that, I asked some of the people that went to Israel if uh, any of them would be willing to share maybe something uh, where they were just thankful to God uh, while they were on the trip. So I didn't make anyone say anything, so we might not even have anybody. But if you went to Israel and you wanted to come up and share something, uh, whoever wants to go, come on up. Pete, you want to come up? Absolutely. And we will get you a mic from somebody. Shalom. And Ki Lolam Hazdo. And that's all the Hebrew I learned. But that means his love endures forever. So uh, one of the things I'm thankful for on the trip was that I had Pastor Dan as a roommate. (laughs) Which, uh, if you ever get the opportunity, it's highly entertaining. Um, Because he talks in his sleep. And uh, I don't know if you knew that, Mary. But uh, yeah, he talks in his sleep. And uh, he doesn't mumble in his sleep like most sleep talkers. He has like full-on conversations like... And it's hilarious. So, yes. Oh, yeah. I wrote him down. Oh, yeah. I wrote him down. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, can I share one? Oh, can I share? Okay. This was, this was the first one. I'm, I'm there and I'm sound asleep and Dan goes, I hope they don't buy that stuff. And I woke up and he goes, they bought that stuff. And then he says, I wonder where they got the stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, writing that one down. That was great. Now, first of all, the two of the things I'm most thankful for on the trip was, one, we had Mickey as a guide, and Mickey calls calls himself your Jewish mother for the next two weeks. Um, And and he really is. And, And I love the way he taught, because I think he taught like Jesus taught. He taught with a lot of questions. And when you read the Bible, you see Jesus just asking all these questions over and over. And that's kind of the way Mickey approached it. So you got a, got a real appreciation and a real feel for how Jesus might have taught his disciples. Um, but the most important thing for me was um, I, I'm very factual and I'm very uh, linear thinking. Uh, and and I kind of started to approach all these sites as, oh, okay, there's that check. Okay, I've seen that check. And... I think God stopped me on the, um, when we were up on the Golan Heights. And Mickey said, well, there's Damascus over there. 
uh, and you could see it in the distance. And then, and then he goes, then this would have been the road to Damascus. And, and God struck me and said, that's the road to Damascus. Like, like this is real. Like, this isn't a sight. This isn't a historical thing that I'm showing you. This is real. And, and then every place that he, he, he brought me, he just, like, woke me up. You're, you're not just looking at the Jordan River. You're looking at the Jordan River. You're not looking at Abraham's well. You're looking at the well. Uh, so, so for me, I, I couldn't be more thankful just to have seen every site and to be able to approach it like that. Like, this is real. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, these are real. And you see where they were found, and then you get to see them actually in person, the Dead Sea Scrolls. So, so if anything, I guess you know it's real, but then when you see it, and, and it's real. So, to me, that was the most amazing thing that, that I brought back from the trip. Amen. So, and the one I'm most thankful for. Amen. Thank you, Pete. We just shook hands. Awkward. No. That was, that was neat. Thanks. That was special. I Sorry. did not retain any Hebrew like Pete did. Um, I did retain the Aramaic, um, Aramaic word, a shawarma. So I do know that one because we ate a lot of it. And it was so good. Oh, my goodness. The food was amazing. Um, I felt like every day I was going, this is amazing. This is amazing. And I go someplace new and go, this is amazing. I'm like, I need to broaden my adjectives a little bit. But it truly was, um, I felt like, and I still do, like, talking about it, just felt like I was on the verge of tears every single day. Just struck, like Pete said, you know, you're there. and like, this is Abraham's well. That is the road to Damascus. This is Hazor that Joshua burned to the ground, and the rocks are still burnt. It's just incredible. It's amazing, like I said. And um, we stayed for four nights at a kibbutz on the Sea of Galilee. And for me, that was an especially powerful time with the Lord. And I was drawn to, to come down early one day, and I was just praying. And I opened up my Bible app, and I had been praying, just, Lord, please just reveal yourself to me today. And this was the verse, and this is a picture that I took at the Sea of Galilee, and, and this is the verse, John 1:14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And I wrote this in my journal. This was the verse that came up as I'm sitting next to the Sea of Galilee to look out over the water and realize this is where Jesus taught, walked, and lived among humankind. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that was just so powerful to look out over the Sea of Galilee and think, he was on a boat on this water. He walked around this area and preached to his people and how much he loved those people. And that love transcends to us today. And so this was just an especially powerful moment for me. Wait, hold on. Good job. Sorry. <laughs> so awkward. So I have to follow Pete and Laura. And that's, that's a lot of pressure for me. So um, 
Pastor Dan asked what, um, what we were thankful for, and the thing that just popped into my brain was prayer. I was 7,000 miles away from home, and I was, I mean, I was in touch. I had, I had resources, you know. Um, God, um, I had struggles. I had spiritual struggles. I had um, physical struggles. Um, there was um, just this heart for the people, you know, the darkness. Um, here's Gaza, you know. There's Golan Heights. Um, and my heart is just, you know, just so tight and so hard, you know, just think, or just not hard, but just, it was so sad. And I could just pray everywhere, you know, and, and the things that came to mind were um, um, looking over the Golden Heights and, and just, you know, we were there praying over not only the people in the, you know, Jewish area, or, but the Palestinian area, those people so held in bondage. And um, at that kibbutz, which is really powerful, I don't know what it is there, but um, I was awake three o'clock every morning and um, in emotional struggle one day to the point where I walked out of the room and I just, it just collapsed. It was like I was just heaving out grief and hurt and I could hardly breathe. And so it's three in the morning and I, and, and God brought to my heart and he says, it's only six o'clock back home. And so I shot off this text to like three or four ladies and I just said, I just cover me in prayer right now. I just need people battling for me. And all of a sudden there was just this peace and then God just led me down this journey that was so healing. And, um, you know, over Damascus, that was another one. You know, I, as I walked up and started looking over this area, I just broke down in sobs again. And it, I think... God was just bringing to mind all my loved ones that aren't saved. And, um, you know, um, grandson that I'm, you know, have some fear for protection over his life because he's in the military. And Richard just stood there and prayed, and it was so powerful. And um, and it, it was just, I don't know, I just, my heart was singing every time I could just reach out and pray because there's been times in my life where I've been alone and um, haven't had support of family or friends. And I didn't know a God that I could reach out to personally and pray. And so it was just so huge for me. And, um, you know, and finally, um, there's a lot of shrines in Israel where um, religions will go place churches in areas where they think, you know, this is where something ha- holy happens, so they're going to put a church there. There were a lot of rosaries and a lot of um, statues. And, and I grew up in that. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. You know, I... I don't need to pray to anybody else but you, you know, to to mediate for me. And so, anyway, that's where I came out of it. It was just, it was was amazing, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) That was great, Terry. That was awesome. So good. All right. You ready? Well, I had fun, too. I I, I do think it was amazing. it was really good. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about it in like for the rest of my life. You know, I I know the last trip really in, influenced my life moving forward. I know for Mary when she went since then, it's really impacted her life and, and this time as well. I know it will influence uh, my life, influence how I talk, how how I walk. You know, the, the things I do uh, really is an impactful journey. We'll do that sometime again. So when, the next time we do it, we'd love to have some of you be a part of that. And uh, I'm not sure when, but uh, when 
when it feels like it's the right time, we'll, we'll get that going. But uh, I do have, I'll, I'll do the serious pictures in the next couple of months. I have some fun pictures I wanted to share with you today. So we'll, we'll see what we got here. This, this first one, I think, is, let's see, I actually don't know. Okay, so this is fun. This is us at a, a 3D movie at the City of David. And it was a great picture until this guy over here, I don't, I don't know if you can tell, he has his tongue out. And so it's like, well, come on. But then, who are these people right above my head, uh, Dave? And Laura Ranow just going for it. So we, you know, we try to just take a nice little picture and uh, the Ranow's photo bomb. You know, what are you going to say? And, and that guy over there on, on the right. Let's see the next picture. Oh, this is always fun. Anytime you can get uh, Pete Wilmot climbing through a hole. So that, you know, as, as he's trying to get through, I'm like, smile. And he's like, so that's, that's fun. Good job, Pete. What else do we got? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the mine, not the mines, but the cave, uh, Hezekiah's Tunnel. If you remember Hezekiah's Tunnel in Jerusalem, that's me uh, being scared in Hezekiah's Tunnel. Let's see if we have anything else. Oh, yeah, so just a video of me on the calm seas of Galilee. Uh, it's a really spiritual time, a very holy time. And, and so you're just reverently on the boat, just respecting the Lord and respecting the setting, uh, just praying to the Lord, you know, in tongues, those types of things. Or you just make funny faces while everyone else is having an experience with the Lord. Move on. Next one. The next one. The next. The next one. Next one. Seriously. Next one. Next. Oh, and then there's the camel ride. Me and Pastor Kai uh, having a blast. Now, I, I thought it was just me and Kai, but then did you notice the camel fo- photo bombing uh, over on the left side over there? He, he got in there as well. Now, some people thought this head belonged to this body so that we were actually backwards on the camel, which we would, I guess we would do. But a great trip, a lot of fun, glad to be back. So real experience, uh, walking where Jesus walked, walking where Paul walked, uh, encouraging to the faith. But it wasn't uh, without hiccups. Um, I'm realizing anytime I'm taking a group anywhere, uh, just group dynamics come into play. And as a leader, uh, I get to try to lead uh, through some of that stuff. But every night, you know, there's 12, 14,000 steps a day. You're pretty wiped out. You just want to be able to go to dinner and then settle in for the night. But unfortunately for me, I'm also trying to finish my master's program. And uh, the master's program doesn't have a, I'm in an Israel clause to allow you not to do work uh, while you're in Israel. So I also got to write papers uh, and those types of things. If my professor is watching, I am so sorry for the poor quality of my work. But I'm back home. Hopefully it gets a little better. But uh, one of the nights I had to work through, again, just a kind of a group dynamic issue and uh, with one of the other pastors, Pete's my roommate, and so we're like, hey, Pete, can, can you leave for a second while we, we talk through this? And so Pete left, and we're walking through it, but then we realized we had to get another person involved, so we left the room, we went over to another person, and we talked to them, uh, and, and, and really, when all of it was done, I was just ready to get back into my room, do my homework, and go to bed. But... He hadn't returned yet, so I had to try to use my key card, pull out my key card, and we all know where this story is going. I put it into the little slot, and the green light is a good light. The red light, no go, right? Green means go. Red means you just stay outside of your door trying again and again and again and again. And then really, have you ever done that where you're like, then it works. I go run back downstairs. I go to the guy, tell him, hey, my card's not working. He's puts it in that little magic machine, gives me back the card. I go back upstairs. <laughs> it was a great story. Okay, so I put it back in. Uh, do you think it was a green light or a red light? 
red light. And so, again, in fact, I have a picture of Ryan Chavez because he was staying with us that night. So this is poor Ryan in the hallway uh, the whole time just waiting for us to get into our room. I, I run back downstairs. Uh, I, I give it back to the, to the guy. And, of course, um, he gives me a little lecture. He's like, you know, you, you, know, you don't put this next to your cell phone, and that's why it's not working. I was like, yeah, you know, you bet, of course. So sorry. Can I have another card? I get the card. I go upstairs, and guess what light we had? We had a green light. If it was a red light, I wouldn't be here. I'd be so frustrated. I'd just be, I'm gone. No, it was a green light. The door opens, and, and what do you think I said? I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's the best feeling in the world. It's the same feeling you find, not when you lose your wallet, but when you find your wallet. It's the same feeling. Have you ever lost your car keys before? And is there any better feeling than when you find your car keys? Normally, the sad thing about that is, guess where they are? They're right where you left them. But it's the same thing you shout out when the Seahawks score a touchdown, right? Thank you, Jesus. Not when they pass the ball on the one-yard line at the Super Bowl, but anyways, moving on. But in our society, as godless as it feels sometimes, I think this is actually what you hear from people. People who don't even believe in God, they'll th- say things like, thank God. Have you, heard, have you realized that? They'll also say other things about God um, that I'm not going to repeat here on, on stage. But people will just be like, thank God. Did you hear that such and such politician won? Thank God. Did you hear the Seahawks pulled it out against the Packers? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> As a pastor who often has a mobile office, uh, when the Starbucks came into Edgewood, thank God. Right? <laughs> Have you ever done this one? When the policeman, and you zoomed right past the policeman, and you're looking in your rearview mirror, and he doesn't come out and pull you over, what do you all say? Thank God. Praise you, Jesus. How God about to say that? You know, you just start going for it. Praise the Lord. But I was, I was thinking about that phrase, you know, thank God, thank Jesus. And it, it sometimes, I, let's be honest, it's more just kind of an emotional phrase that we're saying, right? It's an expression of our emotions compared to maybe what it should be, which would be that deep, heartfelt expression of a true thankfulness to the creator of the heavens and the earth. Thank you, God. So instead, what I would say, instead of just saying thank God or thank you, Jesus, can you imagine if we actually said thank you, God, <laughs> when the policeman doesn't pull you over? Thank you, Jesus. The green light on the hotel room. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thankfulness. Thanking the Lord. Thanking God. Thanking Jesus. I think it's one of the main keys to life. This Christian life. And it's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about it uh, next Sunday as well. But before we go any further, let's bow our heads and and we'll pray. Lord Jesus, I I love you. I just adore you. And I, I do want to live a life of thankfulness. I want to thank you, Lord, in all circumstances. And I just pray that through my words today and through this message that I believe you've given me, that a heart of thankfulness would grow in each of us today. And we don't want to leave here the same. We want to be changed by your spirit. And so come, come, Lord Jesus, have your way in us today. Remind us of all that you've done in our lives, that you are worthy of a thankful heart, a grateful heart. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, it's probably one of the most important ways to live your life, a life of thankfulness. And as I spend time with people, that's kind of what I get to do uh, for a living, is spend time with other people. I I found that those who are struggling with life, those that are struggling with life are often struggling with thankfulness. 
There's just a strong correlation with that. Those who are struggling with life, they're struggling with thankfulness. It's tunnel vision, right? It's this narrow focus. All you can see is all the things that aren't going how you want them to go. And you can get consumed, just consumed by the things that you think aren't right, and it really can control your life. Not having the right job, or not having a job. Not having the right spouse. That's a dangerous one, but how often do I hear those types of things? Not having the car, not having the house, not having the whatever it is. Fill in the blank for, for yourself. And this way of living, it's completely opposite of the person who thanks God for even the littlest of things. Anyone grow up with someone like that? I remember my parents, they would thank God for parking spots. Parking spots! That kind of thankfulness gets made fun of all the time, right, in our society. But I love being around people who are thankful for parking spots because they have this spirit, they have this attitude of thankfulness. By the way, can we turn the heat up a little bit? It is freezing in here. Thank the Lord. Thank you, God, for that illustration. But I love being around people who have that just the spirit from morning till night of thankfulness. Thank God for the meal. I hate the debate that people are having right now about whether you have to pray for your meal or not. That is stupid. If you pray, pray. If you don't pray, don't pray. But stop having a debate over it. But if the Lord rises a thankfulness within you, guess what you should do? Thank the Lord. Man, it's so weird. Like, well, the never says you have to pray for Like, okay, good for you. I don't even understand that. If a thank... If you're thankful for the meal, just thank God for the meal. You don't have to make it all crazy religious. Just say, God, thank you. And then eat and enjoy. And then when you're done eating and enjoying, guess what you should do again? Thank Him again. Thank you for the meal I just ate. But I love that. Thanking God for meals. Thanking God for a bed. Thanking God for a roof. Thanking God for a check, whether it's big or small. Thank you, God, for provision. This one's a little bit harder. Thanking God for your family or your family members. I mean, some of you are going into the fire. I get that with Thanksgiving coming up. But thanking God for the people in your life. Are you able to be thankful? Are you able to be thankful? But the reality is thankfulness is a choice. Thankfulness is a choice. You can always find something to complain about. But as Christians, remember, we are weird. Right? We're those peculiar, strange people who actually find things to be thankful for. Have you noticed we're kind of in a society right now with social media who's just really good at pointing out everything that's wrong. But we're those weird, strange, peculiar people that look and find what's right. And we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. It's always a choice. Always a choice. In my first year in college, uh, I had a great mentor of mine, uh, Chris DeCuno, who kind of tried to get me into Young Life and serving at Young Life. And, And part of that process was you had to memorize it was like a hundred Bible verses. And so I went in and I just started memorizing all these verses. Still, most of the verses I have memorized came from that time in college. But one of the first times, first ones I memorized was First Thessalonians chapter 5, 16, 17, and 18. You guys have heard this before. Go ahead and say it with me. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus pretty powerful but did you catch that last part it says if you're a christian you might want to write this down 
These are not optional commands for you. These are not optional commands in the kingdom of God. These are not optional commands for anyone who says yes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. These are foundational, fundamental, bedrock truths of who you are meant to be in Christ. That you rejoice always. This is the will of God for you in your life. That you would pray continually. Stop the debate on whether you pray over your meal. You are a Christian. You pray continually. It's the will of God for your life. And you... You give thanks in all circumstances. You are a Christian. Give thanks in all circumstances. But have you noticed that sometimes the circumstances aren't that great? In fact, sometimes the circumstances are flat out awful. But you can still live a life of thankfulness. Three weeks ago, I was on the phone with a church planner in Canada. He currently travels. This is wild. He travels on a Sunday. After the morning service, he travels 422 miles round trip to preach at another church that he's trying to plant. He he felt like the Lord was telling him to start a congregation there. 422 miles round trip. So 211 miles that way. Preach 200 miles back. But here's the thing. He's calling me because he had around 14 people attending. So, 422 miles for these 14 people. But nine of them had just left. They left because they told him his preaching wasn't deep enough. It wasn't good enough. And so, they left. And do you think that was hard on him? Absolutely. Here's a man who had been spending $120 every Sunday on gas. $120 of his own money. Not No one was giving it to him, to be able to go and preach to about a dozen people and then half of them leave because they don't like the way that he ministers. And so I get to talk to him on the phone. And the first thing he says, by the grace of God, I'm doing well, Pastor Dan. And we talked. And he described, he was honest, he described the hardship, described the disappointments he's facing. But I love, he never lost his thankfulness. By the grace of God, Pastor Dan, I am doing well. I think one of the first areas that Satan tries to get us is at this area of thankfulness. Right? It's a great strategy of the, of the evil one. If he can get us living from bitterness, if he can get us having anger be our fuel and our motivation, if he can just get us to a place of negativity, right? Just complaining and grumbling and arguing, he knows that that's when we as Christians lose our witness. There's a great verse in the Bible It says this, it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Guess who doesn't want you to shine? Right? Guess who just hates it when you shine? You start living from a place of thankfulness instead of grumbling, you're going to start being an effective witness of what God can do in a person's life. Satan doesn't like that. He doesn't want that person next to you, and he doesn't want you to shine for Jesus Christ. If you're a believer here this morning, I hope you take that as a challenge. You might want to write that down. Because you ever want to show Satan that he has lost his power over your life, If you ever want to show Satan that he is a defeated enemy, you just start living a life of thanksgiving. 
right? Every day. Hold your head up high. Hold your head up high. I woke up yesterday so discouraged and so depressed. And I called my friend Ryan Chavez. And he, you know, I texted him. He goes, can I call you? Oh, yeah, you can call me. He calls me. He calls me. He starts praying. And I was encouraged. And I walked out of that place with my head held high. As a child of God. With work at your boss. With school and your classmates. With your spouse and your kids around the dinner table. Yeah, you could complain. Yeah, you could throw a fit. Yeah, you could be that passive, aggressive, unkind person. Or you could walk into that room full of thankfulness to God. That thankfulness of God would be the fuel for every conversation. A thankfulness for God would be the fuel for every interaction. Everything that you would do as a human being, thankfulness would be at the core of who you are. I love what Paul says, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. He says, whatever you do, this was another one of the ones that we memorized uh, in, uh, the freshman in college. He says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving what? Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. But Pastor Dan, you don't know. My boss, he's such a jerk. Pastor Dan, you don't understand how impossible my spouse is. Pastor Dan, you don't understand how mean my classmates are. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 You give thanks in all circumstances. But Pastor Dan, it feels like the bad guys are winning. Pastor Dan, it feels so unfair. I love my mom. She's like, well, life's not fair. Get over it. But you don't know what they did. They're ruining my life. He's ruining my life. She's ruining my life. Have you noticed how much of our lack of thankfulness comes directly from how hurt we feel by others? It's true. The lack of thankfulness comes directly from how hurt we feel by the actions of others. We let the sins of others have power over our lives. We have the sins of others to allow us to live unthankful, ungrateful lives. We let other people steal away our thankfulness. And maybe that's you today. Right? Maybe you're sitting here this morning you're like, yeah, some unfair things have happened to me and I can't think of any reason to be thankful. If you find yourself currently in that kind of situation, I just think the Lord would want to encourage you today. If it feels like they've stolen away that grateful and thankful heart, I say this in the name of Jesus, you can take it back today. I believe that. I believe if that can happen to me yesterday morning, that can happen to you today. If it feels like others have stolen away that grateful, thankful heart, take it back today. Thanksgiving is a choice. It's always a choice. And you can leave here today choosing to live a life of thanksgiving instead of bitterness. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. This is a powerful verse. Another one that I memorized as a freshman in college. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, say it with me, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Lifespring, if you're anxious about something, by the way, which is going to happen from time to time, we're all going to have that kind of thing. Just Friday morning, what a week it's been. I was anxious. You know what I was anxious about Friday morning? Money. You ever been anxious about money before? No? Am I? I no, it's all right. I, I get it. I'm admitting it in front of the world. So uh, it is what it is. Don't you love a pastor who gets anxious? No, I hate having a pastor be anxious. 
No, depressed on Saturday, anxious on Friday. Right after I go to the Holy Land. I was anxious. But when you're anxious, maybe it's something that something or somebody said to you. You ever get that email? I got some emails when I got home. You ever get that text? Maybe an interaction you had with someone on Facebook. If you're anxious, and you will get anxious, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? He says every time, in every situation, you combat that thing head on with thanksgiving. Every time. You take it to the Lord in prayer. But you come into that time with the Lord with thanksgiving in your heart. This is important. This is important. When the stuff of life begins to come down on us, I think as Christians, the reality is we, we do understand when life gets hard, we pray. I, th- I think we get that part. But often, come on, we are not praying from a place of thanksgiving. We're coming to Him from a place of chaos and rage. You know what I'm talking about. When you're just praying and it's verbal vomit. You're just all over the place. But the Lord says, no, you come to me with thanksgiving in your heart. We're called to give thanks in all circumstances. And even in our prayer, in the midst of anxiety, when life throws its greatest punches, when your gut is wrecked. You're, have you ever had a gut that was just wrecked with stress? Wrecked with anxiety? Have, have your nerves just taken you over where you couldn't even eat anything? Have you ever had it where your body was so inflamed from head to toe? Why? Because of the stress of life? And your body just crumbled in pain? What do you do in that moment? You come to the Lord. You say, God, I thank you for who you are. God, I worship you for who you are. God, I praise your name for who you are. Pete, I love what you just said. That was the only phrase you knew in Hebrew. But yeah, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. It's one of the best things we can do. I thank you, God, for you are good and your love endures forever. I thank you, God. For you are good and your love endures forever. Say it with me, church. I thank you, God, for you are good and your love endures forever. Say it one more time. I thank you, God, for you are good and your love endures forever. And as we present our request to God with thanksgiving, of God, you are good and your love and your mercy endures forever, an amazing thing happens. An amazing thing happens. Whatever attack you were facing, whatever schemes the enemy had for you, whatever malicious intent another person had for you, it all begins to lose its power. Because Scripture says, when you come to the Lord with thanksgiving, full of thankfulness, He says in verse 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. I want to say that again, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, as I consider what many of you will have to face this upcoming week, my prayer for you is that you'd come into those settings, into those rooms, with a spirit of thanksgiving. That's what I chose today when I came to church to meet all of you again. That I would be coming into this room, into those doors, as I drove here this morning. God, fill my heart with thanksgiving. God, that I would be grateful and thankful for who you are. 
But church, I pray that over you as you go into these different settings, these environments, these rooms. I don't even know. Some of you are going in. I, it probably feels like hell on earth, some of the places you're having to go this week. But I'm praying that Thanksgiving would be your weapon so that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. My prayer for every one of us this week as you navigate that you want to be known by your complaining, your arguing, your grumbling. That this week, not sometime in the future, but this week, you will be known by your love, by your joy, by your kindness, your gentleness, and a spirit of thanksgiving. You enter in those settings with your minds and your hearts guarded by the peace of God. And let us all be confident as we walk with the Lord with thanksgiving, we will shine like stars in the sky. Amen. And now, for your edification, a few things for which we are not thankful. Mosquitoes. Aunt Ethel's fruitcake. The line at the DMV. Walking into a spider web. Scissors that come in a package. I need scissors to open. Mm. And the guy at the gym who grunts too loud. Mm. Cell phone contracts. Overdraft fees. Speeding tickets. Public restrooms with no toilet paper. Dust bunnies. When Netflix asks if I'm still watching. Runny noses. The grinding sound from under the hood. The flu. Corporate downsizing. Division. Hurricanes. Mental illness. Political unrest. Addiction. Sometimes I feel guilty during the holidays for thinking of the things that hurt. Mm. I smell the green bean casserole, and I hear the laughter of my family in the next room. And I should feel comforted, but all I can think about is my nephew in drug rehab. My daughter, she, uh, she shows me that handprint turkey that she made at crafts during school. And I smile. But inside, I'm trying to figure out how to tell her that I've just been laid off and we're going to have to move again. I show up at the office party and have punch and cookies, play the gift exchange game, but nobody knows of the test results I received at the doctor's office. I'm afraid. I'm desperate. I'm broken. But worst of all, I I feel feel alone. But we have learned. In my fear. In my desperation. In my brokenness. I I am am not not alone. alone. We are not alone. The God who knitted me together called me according to his purpose and gave his life to restore a relationship with me. He promised never to forsake me. For this, I am grateful. The creator of the universe built into me a desire for deep connections with others and an ability to build those relationships. For this, I am grateful. And so, for your continued edification, a short list of some of the things we are thankful for. 
the love of family, even when they drive me crazy or break my heart. The laughter of friends, even though I cannot easily join in. And the promise of God's presence, even when I find it difficult to believe. The abundant mercies of God that are new every morning. The sure knowledge that my joy is not dependent on my circumstances. And the sacrifice of a Savior that bridged the gap I could not cross. For For these these we we are are thankful. thankful. Would you bow your heads with me as, as we pray? Lord, this is such a holy moment today with you because we're talking about the real stuff of life. We're not playing church here today. Many of us, even as that skit was being played, we could relate to exactly what they were talking about. In one way or another, we have been hit with things that have tried to attack us at the very core of who we are. But Lord, we thank you because of your son, because of the death that he died on the cross, and because of the resurrection, we can right now choose to be thankful in all circumstances. And so we rest in your presence right now. We just take some time to rest in your presence. I I think about what it means to truly journey with you, Lord, to be in process with you, Lord, that it takes some time to talk with you, to hear from you, to grow in you, Jesus. It it takes some time of relationship. It takes time of us being honest with you and saying, this is how I feel. This is what's going on in my life. To not fake it till we make it, but to be honest with you, Jesus. But then in faith, to stand up and say, But God, I am thankful for who you are. I am thankful for who you are. That we would use the weapon of thankfulness. That the enemy, the evil one, the one who hates our souls, would not find any grip or any stronghold or any footing in our lives. That his power over us would be completely found powerless. Cut off in the name of Jesus. So, so Lord, I just pray that even as we spend time in this moment, that we could present our request to you, God. We've made that sound so poetic lately, I think, in American Christianity. But our requests to you, God, often are very raw and ugly and messy. But we present them to you, God, believing you're big enough for them all. We present them to you, God. Our greatest fears, our greatest worries, those deep anxieties that wreck our stomachs and haunt our minds, we give every one of them to you, God. We present them to you, God. But we do not present them to you as people who are hopeless or helpless. We do not present them to you as a people who are stuck in despair. But we come to you, God, with thanksgiving. 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 That in every situation we would be full of thanksgiving. So that the peace of God, which transcends my understanding, 
the peace of God. We guard our hearts, guard our minds in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus Christ. So if that's you, church, as we're praying this morning, I just speak this over your life as we close today. That the Lord is pressing in to you. But I challenge you as we're praying, press into Him. Press into Him. Press into Him with thanksgiving. Press into Him with a grateful heart. Press into the Lord. Press into the Lord. That He'd take those blinders off. He'd take those blinders off. That narrow vision of just everything that's wrong. He'd begin to show you what is so good and so right about being His son or His daughter. I speak that over your life. That the Lord would encourage you in this moment to break those chains. To break off those blinders. That you will go into this week not defeated, not discouraged, not depressed. You'll go into this week in freedom in Christ, full of the Lord, full of the joy of the Lord and the peace of God with thanksgiving in your heart. Lord, we just pray right now that every one of us would be filled by your Spirit to be witnesses this week. That we might shine like stars in the sky, all for your glory and for your kingdom. Thank you, God. The enemy loses. We win. The kingdom wins. The kingdom advances. The kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, for the kingdom of God moving in and through us. Thank you, Lord. We celebrate you, God. With with thanksgiving in our hearts, we celebrate you, God. And all God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you stand?